We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. State finances, race, and a little bit of controversy. This weekend, we'll talk with the man many people hope will help quiet the storms. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest this weekend is the former and first CEO of the Chicago Public Schools. He ran the school system from 1895. That would that would make you a whole it, lot older than you it really seems are. Seems like it. Uh, from 1995 to 2001, he is Paul Vallis. And those years were the years in which Mayor Richard M. Daley had asked for and been given primary control of the school system. And Paul Vallis ushered in a turnaround of what was once labeled the worst school system in America. He also later ran for governor of Illinois, losing the Democratic primary to Rod Blagojevich. He uh, would go on to become Philadelphia's school superintendent and to run school systems in New Orleans, Haiti, and Bridgeport, Connecticut. Critics say his results were mixed, but no argument that he changed troubled or recovering school systems. Paul Vallis was a candidate for lieutenant governor in Pat Quinn's last bid for re-election, and he was uh, on the ticket that faced successful Republican Bruce Rauner. Yet it was Governor Rauner who tapped Mr. Vallis to help troubled Chicago State University. The move was greeted with cheers from some and anger from others, but CSU's Board of Trustees has in fact moved to give Vallis some control over the future of the school. We're going to talk about that and a lot more in this half hour. Paul Vallis, welcome. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> it is good to it is, it is good to talk to you. It's again. Been a little while. Yes, it has been. Well, let's bring our listeners up to speed on Chicago State University. I described it as troubled, but that word may not do the situation justice. This is an institution that's had financial problems, administrative difficulties, academic problems. Uh, First off, you've looked at CSU and its books. What's the problem there, or what are the problems? Well, you know, clearly the um, the university is, has been struggling, and and those struggles began long before the the current budget impasse. While there needs to be a, a resolution to the state uh, to the state budget, um, uh, the state that resolution alone will 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 not solve Chicago State problems because. Chicago State's uh, enrollment is down to about 3,200 from a peak of close to seven, um, seven, eight thousand, and you know contrast that with Governor State with six thousand or, uh, or Northeastern, which I think is approaching ten thousand. So clearly, the ability to uh, 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 to attract and retain students has been an issue. That obviously in the and the abysmal graduation rate, et cetera. So clearly, university needs uh, needs a lot of help. Now, uh, Cook County uh, Commissioner Stanley Moore, who publicly opposed uh, mm-hmm. bringing you in, says that the biggest problem for that school has been a lack of resources. Uh, he says the school's just been neglected by the state. Is that is that one of the, the primary problems there? I believe the primary problems has been leadership, and there's been a leadership vacuum at that school. Um, look, uh, the school has no budget. They literally do not have a budget. Now, that granted, 
granted, uh, you know, the state hasn't passed its budget, but individual universities are supposed to be developing, are supposed to still uh, lay out budgets that uh, do, that project, that provide a realistic projection of revenues and expenditures, et cetera. There's a successive series of audits have raised questions about financial accountability and financial management or for that matter, mismanagement. So there's been a, you know, they, there's a, the recruitment policy uh, of the university has, uh, has, yeah, I think they've reached out to, to, to 10 or 11 high schools uh, as part of their recruitment efforts. When, when I ran the Chicago public schools, uh, we had 126 high schools, you know, so there is virtually no relationship with the community colleges. So, so these are, so clearly there has been, there has have been some serious shortcomings when it comes to developing a strategy, not only to move the university into the future, but developing an aggressive strategy to recruit and then provide the supports to, in order to retain students. The good news is those problems are all fixable. There are, are, are models that can be implemented that would have a transformational effect overnight. And, and the university remains a, 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 a huge asset, a huge potential asset in, in the community. It's 168 acres. It's fully accredited. It has obviously it that great history. In fact, in, I think it's September 2nd will be the 150th anniversary. It is strategically located on the near south side, 95th Street and King Drive, and of course the interstate. I mean, there's tremendous potential for that university to become an economic powerhouse in the community with the with the proper leadership and, and the right strategic plan. And the uh, board of trustees has moved uh, in that direction. Now, first, we should point out that Governor Rauner appointed you and I believe three other uh, people yes. to, to the to the Board of Trustees. Who, incidentally, all happen to be um, uh, former students in the Chicago Public Schools. Huh. Two graduated from our high schools, and Kim Buckner, who actually worked in New Orleans during my tenure there, not for me, worked for the governor's office. He, uh, he went to one of our elementary schools, and I think he graduated from Gordon Tech. But the point is, here I am dealing with uh, with uh, uh, young people who were students when I was... I, I, I was just hoping that I made the proper repairs and didn't make any cuts to their schools while they were there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they seem, they seem to uh, be uh, at least getting together to uh, give you uh, some more power. Now, technically, you were on the board, but You've had you had to resign, right. and that was uh, that was more of a procedural issue. Well, what they did was they um, um, I was asked to, uh, to to play an executive role, and the board made the decision to uh, uh, to recruit uh, uh, and appoint uh, a a new interim president, uh, and the individual that they've identified uh, has extensive history uh, with the university and an ex- and an exemplary track record, and is strongly supported by the faculty and the uh, and the uh, and the uh, uh, the staff um, Rachel Lindsay and uh, can and, you tell us a little bit about her you know I would prefer just to point out that she is a veteran of the university with an impeccable reputation mm-hmm. uh, but I have had an opportunity to meet with her uh, on a couple of occasions I think she's extraordinary I think she's the right leader for uh, for this job because she really knows uh, the faculty. She ha- she understands the history of the university. She knows the programs. She's cr- credentialed, which is always an issue. Uh, uh, and we're talking about universities. Uh, you a little more flexibility with school districts, but when it comes to universities, obviously appropriate credentialing is critically important. Now, the role I would play would be as uh, chief administrative officer, which means I would support her 
uh, focusing on the budget and operations, working with her on strategic partnerships, uh, et cetera. So we've, dealing with infrastructure issues. So, you know, I, I've worked in partnership with um, with uh, individuals in the past successfully. My 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 work with Gary Chico, uh, uh in the Chicago Public Schools was an extraordinary experience. I might point out that when we left the Chicago Public Schools, we left the Chicago Public Schools with 12 bond rating upgrades and $1.2 billion in cash reserves not to mention $3 billion in school construction, uh, uh, 55% of which went to minority and women-owned businesses. So the point is that was an extraordinary figure. And I only say that because, you know, you go for these positions or you're promoted for these positions, then the misinformation begins to flow. But the bottom line is uh, um, I look forward to working with her. And obviously she has to make a final decision as to whether or not she's going to take the job. And, of course, if she if she does it, I'll do it. Because I think I can work effectively to support her and to and to help her um, be successful. Hmm. Um, how how does how does one divide the uh, the responsibilities there though? Is one of you more uh, big picture and policy, and the other more the day to day? Would you be the more day to day nuts and bolts person? No, you know. I, first of all, the when it comes to big picture. Uh, the president is the big picture person, but I would work with her on the big picture. And obviously her, her, her deep knowledge uh, and understanding of higher educational institutions and, and her extensive experience with the university itself, and it was an exemplary record, uh, that's of great value. Uh, and, you know, I, I imagine my heavy lift would be con- obviously contributing to the, you know, the, 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 um, long-term strategic planning, but also focusing on infrastructure issues like making sure that we have a sound financial plan, making sure that we've got the right financial controls in place, making sure that there's a a plan uh, to maintain and renovate and and improve the physical condition of the buildings, Uh, um, making sure that you've got the right human capital pipeline, making sure that the the operation of the universities, the the strategies for recruiting and retaining students and in supporting those students uh, once they're on the campus uh, are, are are what is needed to uh, not only in, you know, to increase the student population by attracting more students to the university, but also to increase its population by retaining students and and significantly increasing the, the uh, graduation rate. So I think those are things that I would focus on in partnership with her. So you know, I've always had very strong chief operating officers and chief administrative officers that have helped make me, uh, you know, have helped ensure my success over the years. And I imagine that I will play that a similar role for her. Now, let's talk about a couple of those uh, those things in the plan. First, the finances, um, especially when you are faced with a, a budget that is hampered by a lack of a state budget. How do you right the ship uh, financially at a school that was already suffering before we stopped having budgets. Well, first of all, let me uh, let me point out that that we can grow ourselves out of our problems. Now, let me restate that I'm not I'm not letting anyone off the hook. There needs to be a budget resolution and that budget resolution clearly uh, uh, is is critical to to the health uh, uh, and welfare of all the universities across the state. Uh, But but. At the end of the day, every single public service job I've had has always been an institution in crisis. Uh, you know, you don't get much, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, the crises don't 
uh, you know, don't get much, uh, aren't much greater than going to um, New Orleans after Katrina or going to Haiti about 30 days after one of the most devastating earthquakes in history. Mm -hmm. So so the point is, uh, we're used to, to basically going into situations of severe, severe, severe financial distress and institutional uh, deterioration. Uh, I believe that, that remember, uh, only about 22, 23% of the university's current budget is actually coming from the state. And even when the state has been providing uh, their fair share of funding, even when you've had budget years, it's always been like in the mid-30s. So at the end of the day, at the end of the day, those other things that generate money tied to enrollment, tied to the recruitment and retention of students is critically important. Uh, and, and so I believe that the university can grow itself out of its problems. And let me explain why. I think, first of all, existing programs can be improved and can be expanded. And if the university establishes relationships with the feeder system, meaning the high schools, meaning the community colleges, relationships that they don't seem to have now, that can that can significantly, over a short period of time, uh, can significantly improve the number of students on campus. That's going to help the system financially. If the university can, in effect, create the... the uh, technology infrastructure so they can start offering online courses and and they can start in effect carrying online programs by partnering with other institutions that offer programs that the university might not but for which there is a market for the university can significantly expand the number of students that are participating uh, in university-based programs uh, there's for, there's a uh, uh, and, and and that will generate additional income and then finally each of those colleges can, in effect, become uh, monetized. And let me tell you how, how. Like the College of Education can reestablish, can reestablish the launch program that the Chicago Public Schools used to have in, in partnership with Northwestern University to provide all those superintendents and all those principals with the requisite uh, professional development hours they need to retain their certifications. That can be an income generator. The uh, Department of Education can create what we call a professional support association and invite school districts as well as teachers to join that association to be able to access resources and support. Well, that can be an income generator. So improving and expanding existing programs, establishing a permanent uh, a working relationship with feeder high schools and the community college system, uh, creating a technology infrastructure so that you can offer your courses online and you can offer perhaps other people's courses and programs online. And then finally, monetizing the uh, the departments. So like, for example, right now we've been negotiating with a group that's going to come in and partner in the business community to create an incubator on campus. You see, all those things can be income generators. Other universities do it. Other universities do it successfully. One more comment, too. Chicago State is a is a uh, a university that is really considered in many ways to be a a historic African American university, even though it's you know it, it's it's not one of the original HBC colleges. But there are all sorts of federal grant programs out there that have weightings and that have provisions in them that are designed to encourage partnering with those type of institutions. So if you have a dynamic, thriving Chicago State. You know, everybody will be standing in line to include us in their grant applications. So there's, so, so I'm excited because there's great potential. I'm excited because I really think they've selected an individual uh, who is just perfect 
to serve as president at university. And I'm excited that the, the board, through lengthy deliberations, uh, has demonstrated a real seriousness about initiating action to transform the university and to do it now. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is Paul Vallis, former Chicago School CEO, now has been named as the new chief administrative officer for Chicago State University. Uh, and if he uh, and uh, Rachel Lindsay, who has been named the new college president, both take the jobs, they would be working together. Uh, he would be working for her. Uh and let's talk a little bit more about about the plan or right now maybe the school sort of itself because as you pointed out the enrollment has severely uh, taken a dive see but that but, you know that can be transformed overnight but that's what i want to ask yeah. you because right now people aren't even students aren't even thinking of CSU how do you get them to start thinking if they haven't, you've, you know, you're not going to have the results to show them yet. How do you get the first students back so that you can get the numbers up, so you can get the money, so you can put the programs into place? Well, let me point out that, that uh, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself and to say this is the plan. I'm talking about the potential. Yes. Okay, so, so we understand the plan, the, the president will help drive the plan and the board, obviously. Um, but uh, a couple of things. So. You know, the first thing you can do, the first thing you can do is is uh, 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 reach out to all existing existing students to determine whether or not they're returning, and if not, why, and if, if those issues can be addressed, will they return? The second thing you can do is you can reach out to all those students who have l- left the university uh, in on good standing, but they have simply not completed their degrees, etc. But yet, uh, and, and they, they may be for reasons that if those reasons are addressed, they'll return to the university. The third thing you can do is there is still, uh, there are still opportunities to reach out to, I mean, there's a, what, 120, 130 high schools in Chicago Public Schools alone. There's, there's almost an equal number of high schools in, in the suburban districts. Um, there are large numbers of students who have not yet decided to, uh, in, you know, to, um, um, enroll in university. They have not made their their choice, community college, university, which university. And Chicago State still offers the 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 most inexpensive uh, college education around, a quality education at at, at probably the lowest uh, tuition charges. I think we're one dollar less than Governor State. So clearly there's an affordability issue here where I th- I think or there's a we have an advantage when it comes to affordability. So so just those basic things will help us boost enrollment. And then there are individual de- departments and individual programs that could help facilitate the outreach themselves. Like, for example, I've been meeting with the veterans organizations, the NAB vets, uh, and th- these are African-American veterans. And they have an extensive organization. And they're showing me the numbers of uh, individuals, uh, uh, the numbers of uh, uh uh, VFW halls and things like that, the hundreds of them that dot the landscape, all all in the uh, uh, Cook County area, in the Collar County region, that were, uh, you have troops to teachers, you have thousands of veterans who have the GI, uh, Montgomery GI Bill, who who would probably love to uh, uh, c- um, continue their education and mm-hmm. perhaps go on and to, uh, you know, to um, master master a new occupation. You've got opportunities to recruit through the Troops to Teachers program to take uh, 
retiring military personnel and to put them in a program that can certify them to be teachers. All we have to do is reach out to them. You have in Chicago 10,000, over 10,000 ROTC cadets, 42 ROTC programs, six military academies, five of which I offer, uh, I opened. Well, I mean, we have a very robust ROTC program on campus. So, so we can, if, if we link up and reach out to them over the next 100 days, I believe that we can uh, not only stabilize our enrollment, uh, but balloon our enrollment. And I also think in the process, we can begin to forge uh, the long-term permanent relationships so that these entities, uh, the high schools, the, uh, the, the ROTC programs, the, the veterans, the Troop to Teachers program, this will provide us with a permanent pipeline of students so that the issue of uh, not having enough students to sustain a high-quality university will never become an issue again. Uh, I want to turn to uh, the sort of the elephant in the room uh, <laughs> question uh, that's been percolating all all along this, and that is uh, the issue of race, um, because a number of African-American elected officials, and I will point out first that a number of African-American elected officials uh, were supporting you and applauding the fact that you were brought in, but a number of people did not. Uh, and uh, a column by uh, Chicago Sun-Times columnist Mary Mitchell, uh, she wrote that your selection to help write the ship at Chicago State plays to a stereotype that when a predominantly black institution runs into trouble, a white person must be brought in to save it. Um, does it bother you that there is that perception and that certainly was, or that, that there was that, that some anger that people would thought that it was playing into that perception. Well, look, uh, you know, I didn't detect it in the community, and I've I've had well over fifty meetings. Uh, the, you know, the the NABVETS have been among my strongest supporters. Um, incidentally, Chicago State University uh, uh, administrators or uh, Chicago State University alums uh, made up a big part of of my administration in the Chicago public schools and then followed me to other cities and they were there. Uh, they were strongly supportive. So, you know, I, I, look, this is a sensitive issue and I, and I'm appreciative to the, to, to the, uh, to the sensitivity over those issues. Uh, uh, but, but the bottom line is I'm not coming in to be university president. now. I'm coming in to be chief administrative officer. So, so I think that addresses that issue. So mm-hmm. I'll be supporting a, uh, a, uh, a uh, a well respected, uh, well accomplished uh, uh, African American educator who has long history, successful history with the university. So, I think that's kind of addressed that issue. So, mm-hmm. if there's still opposition then surfacing, one must ask, where's where's the opposition really coming from? Because it's no longer a question of me coming in running a historic uh, a. Um, a university that has been that has been in uh, in that has been historically uh, a a in uh, a university dominated by African American leadership. So the mm-hmm. dynamics changed. I think. Um, yeah, there have always. Uh, I mean, you know, there there have been some questions ab- about the record, uh, your record. Um, no doubt that there were rising test scores here in Chicago, more charter schools and new buildings in Chicago and Philadelphia and New Orleans. Um, but those who have criticized you say uh, that uh, there were budget deficits and lagging graduation rates for African-American and Latino right. students in some of those Right. Let me cities. respond by that. And I'm going to do a, a quick recap. And 
And, you know, I asked my associate to begin to put these things online so they can be easily accessed because we live in an age of what I call, you know, they call it called fake news. I'm saying it's fake facts. Like there's been somebody blogging that says I fired 5,000 teachers in New Orleans. I came to New Orleans a year after Katrina. The old school board, the old corrupt school board, of which many people were indicted, actually eliminated, fired all their, the employees after Katrina because they had no way to pay them. So I come in a year, almost a year and a half after Katrina, and I have 90 days to find 900 teachers and to open 22 schools. And let me tell you, <laughs> the federal government was giving teachers $10,000 bonuses to come back to New Orleans. But so how do you counter that? You know, somebody puts it out, it gets reblocked. Yeah. You know, let me give you the, you know, I've already spoken to the issues of Chicago Public Schools with our 12 bond rating upgrades, mm-hmm. I might add. In Philadelphia, we almost tripled math scores and more than double and almost doubled reading scores. And our graduation rates among the 50 largest districts in the country were close to being at the top or, or at the top. The, the, the you know education we reported. In New Orleans, for seven consecutive years, both my four years and three years after my departure, New Orleans led the state, led the state in in test score growth, and and by by double digits over over the the runner up. So, we've always had great success. We've always had great documented success. And and today in New Orleans, the graduation rate and and you have to understand the recovery school district ninety in the recovery school district. 99% of my students were African-American. Mm-hmm. All the students in New Orleans are in new buildings and renovated buildings, and where two-thirds of the schools were failing today, you'll be hard-pressed to find a school that's failing. And, and where the, the graduation rates were 50% when we came in, the graduation rates when we left were 78%. Those are just facts. Those are facts. Those are real facts. Those are state statistics. So, so uh, it, I'm, I'm not being defensive. I'm being frank. The bottom line is we've had success, both financial and academic. And in Philadelphia, I had one budget deficit in, in six years. So one budget set. So the budget, and I left the district with $18 million structural deficit in a $2.7 billion budget. If if CPS today had an $18 million budget deficit, uh, they would be, they, they would be uh, selecting, they would be giving the administrators uh, sainthood. Yeah. And something like <laughs> yeah, that. that's so true. I, we're we're talking more than two hundred million uh, there. But I have to ask one more question, sure. simply because it was a news story uh, as we were recording this, and that's uh, the story in the Chicago Sun Times that pointed out that uh, you recruited uh, to New Orleans uh, Sinisi uh, Associates, which was a company run by Gary Solomon, right. who ended up being at the center of the contracting scandal here in right. uh, the Chicago public schools that uh that led to uh Barbara Bird Bennett being the uh, being ousted and uh in fact uh Mr. Solomon is going to be going to jail soon. Um we had heard all of these connections before right uh but you're getting a new job so you could be getting a new job so they came up again. Yeah. What do you say to people who wonder if that was uh, was poor judgment. Well, you know, first of all, you know, uh, we're talking about something that happened like nine years ago. And if I had had a crystal ball uh, that would have told me that Gary Solomon was going to end up being a crook, uh, you know, I might have I might have not recommended him. The bottom line is we hired a number of contractors to come in to give us infrastructure. And specifically what uh, Solomon did was 
we needed to recruit administrators, seasons educator and finance people and bring them in. And we did not want to do it individually. So we brought them in under an umbrella group. And that's what Sinisi was. They basically were there to make sure they got paid, processed. We found places for them to live, et cetera. Uh, he delivered. He delivered. He 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 did a good job. The The contract was approved by an elected school board at the state level and there weren't any controversies. Well, that is uh, that is the answer. I, I, are you leaning toward taking this job? Because you sound pretty excited about well, it. That's, I, well, that's the last thing I want to ask, and we only have a couple of seconds. It's really going to be up to uh, it's really going to be up to uh, uh, the interim president. I mean, I, I you know I would love to work with her and provide her with support. So so uh, you know it, if she decides to take take the job, I will. If she declines the job, and uh, you know I'd have to you know, reconsider. Okay. I would like to thank Paul Vallis, who could be the chief administrative <laughs> officer for Chicago State University for joining us. And thank you very much for, uh, for uh, hauling it down here to, uh, to, to do this interview right after that meeting. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is cbschicago.com. Just follow the audio links. You can also find our podcast on play.it. I will be back next week with another edition of Ad Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.